The Rocks to Roots podcast is brought to you in partnership with Speak Studios and Speak Spokane, presented by Delicious Hamburgers. Speak Spokane is a community-driven studio space where voices from all walks of life can speak and be heard. You can find them on Instagram and Facebook at Speak Studios and Speak Spokane, and on their website at speakstudios.com. Speak Studios, speak and be heard. This is Rocks to Roots, a podcast presented by the Spokane Conservation District. This podcast series is intended to share education and resources related to land management, conservation practices, and celebrate some of the great stewards of our land here in our region. listeners and thanks for tuning in. If you didn't have a chance to catch last week's episode with Jeff and Diane Reed and their company Slow Dirt, make sure you go back and give that a listen. Jeff and Diane shared some great insight on the health effects of our food industry and their knowledge and passion for creating a more robust food system is very valuable information. Also, if you haven't already, please make sure and leave us a review in the review section on whatever podcast platform you're streaming us on so we can reach the ears of more people. Joining me today for the remainder of this season as my co-host is Dwayne Zabranek, the greenhouse manager of Vets on the Farm. How's it going, Dwayne? Hey, pretty good, Hillary. How are you? I'm doing great. I am so excited to have you um, on put on this interview hat with me as a farmer, entrepreneur, and veteran, I think that you will add such a great perspective to this show. And I know you'll be really digging in for some of those best management practices and innovative trends that some of our local producers are incorporating into their productions. Gonna do my best. And I literally did just change my hat and come over here and yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, we're super happy to have you. And today is gonna be a great show because we are talking with Henry Wong and Steve Watt Ulrich with Business Impact Northwest, a company that aims to help small businesses grow so local communities can thrive. Welcome to the show, Henry and Steve. Thank you. Thanks for having us on. Thank you. Thank you. We're happy to have you here. So to kick us off, I'd just like to have both of you introduce yourself. Tell us where you're calling in from and talk about your position and role with Business Impact Northwest. So Henry, I'll start with you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so my name is Henry Wong. I'm the director of our Food Business Resource Center and Special Projects here at Business Impact Northwest, calling in from the Seattle, Washington area. But we all mentioned later, we have a pretty big coverage area as far as our organization. Awesome. And Steve, how about you? Hi, I'm Steve Watts Ulrich. I'm um, a Air Force veteran. I did eight years in the military. I got out, used my uh, voc rehab benefits, went to law school, did that for a while. Ultimately, I landed at uh, Business Impact Northwest in the Veterans Business Outreach Center uh, just over five years ago. Uh, grown with the program. I uh, started off as an instructor in the Boots to Business program. We'll talk about it a little bit later and have moved my way up to currently my role as the program director and I have a great team of, uh, what, five people that uh, work with me 
to deliver our program throughout the region. And we'll get into a little bit more what, what that region entails. Yeah, awesome. So let's go ahead and let's just jump right in. So go ahead and just tell us about Business Impact Northwest. Yeah, absolutely. So we are a nonprofit community development financial institution or CDFI for short, and we're really dedicated to serving underbanked entrepreneurs. Uh, our mission, as Hillary mentioned, is growing businesses that create jobs in underserved communities with the vision that all business owners have an equal opportunity to succeed. And we've been around since 1997. And on the lending side, we offer business loans anywhere from 5,000 up to $350,000 currently. And we also have our technical assistance side where Steve and I work. Great. All right. And you mentioned you're out of the Seattle area. What um, area coverage does the Business Impact Northwest cover? Uh, yeah. So on our lending side, we do lending currently in Oregon and Washington. And then our Veterans Business Outreach Center covers Washington, Oregon, Idaho, and Alaska. Our, we have a Washington Women's Business Center, which covers all of Washington State. And our Food Business Resource Center is focused on in Washington State, but we're also connected to entrepreneurs and businesses in Oregon as well, because we have that lending presence there. So it's pretty wide range. So what are some of the services and resources that you offer to entrepreneurs? Yeah, so on the so I mentioned the business loans on one side of our business. As far as the technical assistance side, our main services are we do one-on-one -on -one business coaching, we have classes and trainings, and then of course that access to capital. On the technical assistance side, we house the Washington Women's Business Center, a Veterans Business Outreach Center, and of course we launched our Food Business Resource Center in March of last year. So just speaking specifically about our Food Business Resource Center, that center is really focused on supporting food and farm entrepreneurs at any stage from whether it's idea phase all the way up to established business. And we do that through coaching, specific trainings, and also helping with connections to market channels and other key partners and resources in the food ecosystem. And I'll, I'll let Steve touch on a little specifics on some of the stuff that the Veterans Business Outreach Center does. Yeah, absolutely. I can I can touch on that now. <laughs> the Veterans yeah. Business Outreach Center, we're funded through a cooperative agreement with the Small Business Administration. Uh, we're part of a resource network of several resource partners out there that I'll talk about. Henry's already mentioned we're housed with the Washington Women's Business Center, but other resource partners that I'll touch on real quick. Uh, there's the Rosie Network is currently an SBA resource partner, and they're focused on military spouses uh, in, in entrepreneurship. And there's SCORE, which used to be the Service Corps of Retired Executives. And then there is the Small Business Development Centers, or our Small Business Development Centers. But the VBOC, what we do is we, our primary mission is to travel in our region, which is Alaska, Oregon, Idaho, and Alaska, as Henry said, uh, providing a two-day training for the transitioning service members who are interested in thinking about starting a small business. Maybe they have something on the side. They might want to parlay into a full-time uh business when they depart the military. So we go in and we do a two-day, 32,000-foot fire hose overview of entrepreneurship, um, which is wonderful. At Fairchild, we're honored that we have a representative from Bets on the Farm who comes out to the class as part of that to talk about the program, which is great because that you know puts a face to the name and it, it gives another resource for those in the class who might be thinking about starting a business related to agriculture, farming, et cetera. 
And so what we do is very similar to the other organizations aside from teaching is we provide one-on-one -on -one business coaching. We help with feasibility analysis, how to, you know, how to do market research, how to put financial projections together uh, in order to get in front of a lender, even just to know what the cash flow is going to look like and see if a business is sustainable. And so those are just some of the things that we do to, to help small businesses. Great. So yeah, obviously between both of your, you know, different branches, you guys are offering a ton of resources, tons of great classes for entrepreneurs. So that's awesome. Um, so to kind of get back to the business side of things for everybody, what stages of business do you guys support? Like, is it straight from the beginning or? Yeah, so we can, uh, we really support uh, small business owners at any stage. So anywhere from idea stage to established. So Stephen touched on that we have uh, some just business basics courses where we're helping people go from an idea, first of all, even seeing if an idea is feasible. So we help them go through the process of taking that idea, thinking about it in terms of a business framework and what it might look like as a viable business and then starting to see, okay, do I have a viable business idea? If I do, what are the next steps to to making that happen? So we can definitely support that idea stage and then we anywhere from along the way as well. So growth stage, if they're startups, even established businesses, a lot of times we can help with connections to market channels, connections to resources. We can help with some of their strategic planning. We have some trainings that we do for more established businesses on kind of that advanced strategic planning, you know, managing labor, advanced sales and marketing, things like that. So so really any any stage we're able to support in some way. That's awesome. And so um, now speaking to the financial side of things, you guys obviously step in and help out um, as much as you can with um, assisting with any financial support, but what makes Business Impact Northwest different from a bank? Yeah, so, so as a CDFI, we have a little more flexibility in what we can do on the lending side to achieve our mission. So just as an example, as an SBA lender, we can make use of some SBA loan guarantees, which helps mitigate the risk on our, our loans, which lets us you know, be a little more flexible when we're really trying to support getting small businesses up and running particularly some businesses don't, that don't have that financial history or haven't really had access to, to credit or being been involved in our financial system. Like we try to be that alternative resource for, for businesses that aren't able to get financing through conventional sources. So we really like to think of ourselves as following that place where, you know, if you're at a stage where you can't get financing through conventional sources, like your banks and credit unions, that credit unions, then that's where we would step in and hopefully be able to to serve as that gap or that link to that traditional financing and we i would describe us as a compassionate lender so we definitely understand those barriers that exist in our financial system and we're really motivated to get capital to community small businesses and then i think the other key piece that makes us unique and special is having that technical assistance side where we can support business starts and growth and really leverage that intercompany relationship as well between our lending side and our technical assistance side where, you know, someone applying for a loan also gets that technical assistance. And then similarly for helping someone get act, trying to get access to capital, we can support on a technical assistance side and make sure that, you know, they're, they're submitting a good plan to their lenders and they have a, a viable business plan and financials in place. 
So, and so I think our thought is if you're, if you're not there today, then we want to quick work with you to get you there in the future. Love that. Nice. And then to kind of build out the mitigation part, do you require a down payment? Is there an average that people will need to bring to the table when trying to start up their new businesses? So, so it can vary. So on the, on the lending side, we, they still go through kind of the, your traditional lending decisions. And uh, if anyone's familiar on the lending side, what's known as the five C's. So kind of look at your, your cash flow, your credit capacity, and then things like that. So yeah, in general, you're going to have to have, your loan's going to have to be collateralized and, you know, you're going to have to have some kind of capital investment. So some small percentage of your own money or investment just to have share in some of that risk. But, uh, but yeah, there that and that I think that's where you see some of the flexibility on our lending side is with those five C's and the traditional things that lenders are looking at. We'll try to figure out ways to to make it work. You know, if you if you're weaker in certain areas, then we figure out okay, well, how can we support other other pieces of the financing puzzle to get you that access to capital? Gotcha. <clears throat> and then there's a. There's a kind of growing trend in small farms. Do y'all bring an expertise into that? If I bring you a business plan, uh, can we just rock and roll, or is there going to be any turmoil in between that startup and the business plan? Uh, no. So we have. Uh, so as I mentioned, we launched our food business resource center last March, which is geared towards food and farm businesses. And so as part of that, we've been making a lot of connections in that food and farm space, and we actually brought on a, a business coach that has. Uh, direct farm experience and is actually a current farmer. So, so we're trying to make sure we have that expertise to be able to serve, really serve the clients, especially through that one-on-one -on -one coaching with that specific expertise. And if we don't have the expertise, our, our aim is to really have those partnerships built up where we can say, okay, you should go to this, this partner to get help on these pieces and then come back to us. So really trying to provide that, that kind of one-stop shop where you know we may not provide we'll focus on the things that we're we're strong at and we won't provide everything but we'll try to make sure you're guided and wherever you need to get all the pieces you need to go from you know basically idea stage to having a successful business so. oh that sounds awesome um one of the other industries that's kind of popping up uh around this area is the hemp operations all the hemp grows uh do y'all support those or is that off limits I can I can take that the hemp 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 industry as long as it's anything legal right is we can support a small business with our our small business administration grant funding um, for example it has to be federally legal and I know there's some question back and forth is it federally legal and I think recently that we've proven that it is and so we can assist businesses in the hemp industry however flipping it over to the marijuana industry because it's federally illegal. We're not allowed to provide any kind of business coaching. Even if somebody wanted to open up a shop where they sold bongs and things like that, we can't support that either because it's tangential uh, to the marijuana industry. And so things, you know, we do have limitations, but not very many. That makes sense. So um, kind of just stepping back and just like kind of having the steps just really laid out for people. Um, so if they... Our entrepreneurs, they have a great business idea. They can go ahead and look you guys up, businessimpactnorthwest.org, and submit a proposal. And then from there, the stepping stones will kind of be laid out for them as far as 
um, just kind of assessing the business model, figuring out what the funding um, needs to be. And then are there any other steps in there I might be missing? Uh, yeah, so as far as kind of the entry point into our services. So yeah, like you mentioned, businessimpactnw.org, our website. Uh, there's a couple ways. So some people come to us and they just like we have a lot of on-demand trainings and business expert sessions and classes that just kind of go on regularly or are scheduled on our calendar. So we have some people that just go on our website. You can click on our calendar and see a list of classes and trainings and you can just register, create, you'll create an account and then you can just sign up and take those as you wish. And then with our one-on-one -on -one business coaching, it's using that same intake form. You just, you could fill out an intake form we'll, with some business information and kind of what your needs are, how we can support you. And then we'll, what we'll do is we'll process that, pair you with a business coach. And from there, once you get paired with the business coach, you kind of have one-on-one -on -one access to one of our business coaches to work on on your business in how whatever capacity is most helpful for you so there isn't like a strict template we follow with the one-on-one -on -one business coaching you basically work with your coach and figure out you know what are your needs how can we support you so we have some clients that might meet with their business coaches every week sometimes it's you know a few questions here or there and then and then they're off and then some people are every month it really depends and but our one-on-one -on -one is really flexible and it's really really dependent on what the whatever the client really needs. So, so yeah, once they're in our system, then our coaches can also help guide their clients through other programs and services that we offer to including our lending side as well. We can provide that support in, in helping them apply for a loan or get their paperwork ready if that's, if they choose to go that path as well. So it sounds like you guys have a really you know, great web of resources and professionals out there that can, that lend, you know, their time to these classes and everything. Are they specifically just Business Impact Northwest employees or are there people that just want to mentor that have, you know, really gotten a business off the ground and want to give their time or is there an opportunity for that? Yeah. So with, with our business coaches, so our business coaches are our full-time staff. So we don't like, so different than some other resource providers that, that focus more on having mentors or volunteers. All our coaches are full-time staff. So, so we, uh, so yeah, yeah. So yeah, we do, we do make use of, we can make use of mentors as well. Like we have, for example, we have business expert sessions every month where we'll bring in outside experts to talk about topics that we, we think small business owners would be interested in. So a lot of those sessions are, usually outside experts coming in and just sharing about their own experiences or teaching on things on various topics that, that we don't have, may not have expertise in. And then we also contracts with uh, professional service providers as well sometimes. So we sometimes we have, uh, we've run a couple of programs where we've actually contracted with some professional service providers and given free, free hours to clients to use for those professional services. So things like accounting or mark or website help, things like that. So, so yeah, we do try to make use of partners and expertise that's out there, but our, as far as our one-on-one -on -one coaching, we, we house all our coaches as full-time staff. Okay. Are there any, um, like current partners that you have that are just like, you know, really big that you kind of want to give a shout out to right now, maybe, or. 
I've got I've got a couple. I will, and it ties kind of a little bit back to the last question. Um, we've worked closely with uh, Bunker Labs. They're a nationwide organization um, that is it's a great uh, organization for not only networking and getting out there and connecting with fellow militarily connected business owners. Uh, and I say military connected because it's veterans, transitioning service members, and spouses are all welcome to participate. And they're a nationwide organization. I mentioned the Rosie Network earlier as another place to go uh, and connect. Now they're more focused on the military spouse, of course. Um, but the thing, uh, like Bunker Labs, for example, has some good trainings that they offer in conjunction with what we do. Um, and the networking, there's a lot of networking opportunities. And that's kind of the big thing out there is just networking. And we like to pair people up with different resources. And that's why I really uh, shout out to Vets on the Farm again, because to physically take the time to come out to the Boots to Business class at Fairchild Air Force Base and get to know people, talk about the program, and get people excited about maybe the possibility of becoming uh, a business owner in the agricultural field. And so it's, it's nice to be able to do those things to make those connections and not necessarily be the be-all and end-all for a client. Well, and while we're speaking about the Boots to Business, and I have Dwayne here. Um, so, Dwayne, you actually have attended Boots to Business. And I have a couple times, yes. What would you say was probably some of the most, um, you know, memorable or pieces that you really took away from those classes? Just that everybody there was their transitioning through really does uh, have that feeling of just not knowing what to do. And when you have people in front of them to give them information, it, it just, it takes a lot of weight off their shoulders. I mean, as a military member, you're transitioning out. It's just going to be a whole new world, you know, and uh, to have people there to give you the information and to help you through that makes all the difference in the world versus just kind of getting your DD-214 in the boot. <laughs> awesome. So, um, actually, Dwayne, I'll let you go ahead and... Ask that question. And since we're kind of talking about the, the VBOC, um, you kind of mentioned it with the Rosie program, but uh, who qualifies under the VBOC as a military or a veteran? You know, basically, we follow the rule of thumb. If, if you serve, you know, you make it through basic training, you're a veteran, and that's kind of how we, we treat it. Um, we don't check, you know, DD-214s for discharge status. Um, we just, people self-represent. Um, if it comes to the point of them becoming actually certified for government contracting or something else, there's other entities that do that. So we don't have to get into all those details. The way we look at it is if you served in the military we're, and you're trying to start a business, we'll help you in any way we can. And does that cover spouses as well? Absolutely covers spouses, yes. So, And in fact, locally, we're through RVBOC and through some other things nationally, through local grants and stuff, we're, we've been receiving... Uh, we've been able to focus more on some military spouse initiatives. We've recently developed a gig economy webinar um, with an eye towards focusing on those military spouses who have challenges with career portability, um, daycare, all of those fun, great things that um, civilians also experience, but not to the level of a military family, you know, with those PCSing and can they find a job? Can they take their career with them? Can they take their business with them? And so through some grant funding, we're able to, to do some targeted training, the gig economy webinars one. We worked with an entity to help us develop a gig platform. It's called veterangig.com. And it's a free service for military folks to go in 
and just check out all the various over 100 you'd be surprised gig platforms out there it's not just your uber and your lifts there's just tons of platforms out there it's a one-stop place it doesn't cost anything for the military connected person to go in and, and check that out and so that's just some of the stuff we're, we're buying for for spouses nice and then um talking about military members pcsing out and everything if they were looking to get involved with business impact northwest but they're not in state but this is their this is their home state and they will be coming back what advice would you give to them um if they're maybe six months to a year out well they have a couple of options number one definitely i recommend taking the boots to business class at the installation where they can take it live is always better and we've done a ton of it virtually this year of course due to the pandemic but taking the class live is a great introduction point to making connections locally where they're currently at with the VBOC there, uh, with other SBA resource partners as needed. But they also have the option, they can connect with us if their business is ultimately gonna be in our region, they can connect with us as soon as they're ready to, to get started working on business plan and you know the financials, that feasibility analysis and all that. So they have, a, they have an option at that point where it becomes a non-option is when they're fixed. <laughs> they get that fixed station, you know, with the last, the last duty station, wherever that is, uh, where they're opening their business, um, that's where they'll want to connect with that particular VBOC because each VBOC, of course, can have its own regional connections and those things for networking and resources. So it's better to probably at some point to connect with the one where your business will ultimately be located. So um, while we're kind of on the topic of how you had to transition everything to virtual last year, and this is a question for both of you, but um, we did a little digging and we did see that you guys had um, some significant growth in the amount of um, how many loans you gave out from between 2019 and 2020. So um, just kind of talk to us about how last year was and maybe why you saw such a big spike. I think Henry let you take the first stab, Henry, and you probably cover it. If if I think of anything, I'll add it, add to it. Yeah, sounds good, Steve. Yeah, so I think uh, obviously on the lending side, with with the whole pandemic, we you know the first kind of priority on our lending side was really taking care of the people that had outstanding loans. So our current portfolio. So just working with all our our lending clients, making sure that they had whatever they needed to get through. So whether it was moving to interest only payments, deferred payments, and kind of, you know, making sure that they had or you know, emergency loans to kind of, to bridge whatever gaps they needed to get through. So obviously that was a significant piece on our lending side. We were a PPP loan provider. So we saw a lot of, a lot of additional work and loans coming out through that program. I think we're just finishing out. I think we finished out the, the the second round of PPP, they're still work. I think they're doing the final work through the current queue. But uh, but yeah, so that that's kind of where you saw a lot of the bigger increase on the lending side. We also still did look at new loans as well. So we had some, you know, established businesses or people that were further along that were looking for new capital. We were still evaluating those loans and doing continue to lend normally as well. So, and then on the technical assistance side, I think what you, we saw was just a lot of demand, obviously, for for business support. So we had a lot of a lot of small businesses coming to us for you know at the very beginning it was for COVID support and just navigating the all the emergency loans, the grants, the 
you know, various relief funding that was out there, really just navigating that whole landscape. So we actually had a, a COVID response team that we brought in just specifically for supporting small business entrepreneurs in navigating all those resources that were out there. Because if, as you know, they can get complicated, you know, it might, you may have opportunities here, but it might, it, it might mean filling out a long application, or there might be some things you have to understand to, for the forgiveness piece. So we had a whole support team that was really there to provide support on that. And then just in general with, you know, any small business working through the pandemic, that was, it's been a really challenging time, continuing to be a challenging time. So I think we've seen increased demand from on our technical assistance side, just to make sure that, that all our entrepreneurs have that support that they need to figure out how to pivot their businesses, how to restart, you know, how to grow in some cases, start a totally different business or move to something completely different. So we are happy to be that resource. So it's a kind of a catch 22 where you don't want that to be the reason why you're super busy, but it also is rewarding that we can be one of those supporting pieces. So on, so we've definitely grown as an organization, both on the lending side and the technical assistance side through this pandemic. That's awesome. Great. So I also am curious, and on this show, we, over the last year, we've talked a lot about growing your own food and how important small farms are and just putting that money back into, um, you know, your local economy. And so I'm curious, um, with the Food and Business Resource Center, like, did you also see it like a heavy amount of people coming in to do small farms or I'm, I'm kind of just wondering what businesses were heavy last year as far as coming in for proposals and things like that. Yeah. So, so one thing I will say with our food business resource center, you know, when we initially launched last year, kind of really at the beginning of the pandemic, I think initially our tar farm farms are always a, a target business for us, but I think we were probably more heavily weighted towards or more expecting your traditional food businesses. So kind of like your cafes, restaurants, packaged food businesses. But I think what we saw during the pandemic was kind of a shift to really, and I think what we saw was there's, it kind of, the pandemic revealed some, a lot of instability in just our whole food ecosystem. So a lot of the things that we took for granted, like our whole food supply, those really came to the forefront. And what we ended up was finding out was as we started connecting with resource partners and trying to figure out how we can support a lot of the calls we ended up being on were a lot of uh, ag and farm focused calls and groups. So we started, so that's why a lot of our, our technical assistance work and support on the food business resource center shifted to, to farms. And then from there, we started just getting new projects and new, new funding to be able to really support that space. So definitely our presence in the farm sector has increased because of the pandemic. And that's one of the reasons why that's uh, currently a big focus. Like we just got a big grant through the King Conservation District to support farmers in King County, which we're really excited about. And then we continue to get some, some other pieces that really let us have that specialized support for our farm businesses. And I think a lot of that sprang from, from the kind of that early stage of the pandemic where we were trying to figure out, you know, what's happening with our food ecosystem. And then like some of the, just as an example, like another thing we did was with farm, thinking about farms in particular, like a lot of farms found themselves without those typical sales channels, like your farmer's markets or, you know, your farm stands. And so 
we were trying to support with helping them move online, you know, get e-commerce platforms and start to sell online or, or be able to collaborate with other, other farms together and do, you know, CSA boxes, delivery boxes, you know, really utilizing that e-commerce channel. So, so just picking up little projects like that along the way is kind of where we've seen, seen that growth. Mm -hmm. Sounds like you're doing a lot for the small farmer right there. I'm really impressed. Um, since you have other businesses going through startups that would be the more traditional as the cafes and things of that nature, do you, can you put those small farm businesses in connection and networking with these other restaurants in order to get that, those crops moved? Do you have that ability? Yeah, absolutely. So anytime, anytime we can facilitate connections between our own clients, we try to do, and then just, and then when we have cohort classes and trainings, then there's a lot of valuable connections that are made just between business owners. So, so yeah, there's definitely going to be a lot of that connection. Uh, there is that connection now and then going forward, I think we'll be looking for ways to really connect the whole ecosystem because it's all, you know, if it all stays local, that's ultimately better for our whole food ecosystem as a whole. So anything we can do to support that is, is good. And then, like, as I said, with our food business resource center, we're also serving those same, you know, food service businesses, packaged food businesses. So when we're talking about helping them with you know, sourcing and, and connecting to, to local producers, then that's where we can use, you know, facilitate those connections because we have, we're working with those same clients as well. Awesome. awesome. So um, a question for both of you is, um, could you tell us about maybe like a small business story um, that you worked on and that you were proud to be a part of and really might have been there from day one with them? Want to go first, Steve? I can go first. I'll talk about a couple that, you know, because I think we we're also going to talk about Impact Pitch, our annual competition oh, yeah. coming up. But I'm going to highlight just two clients from last year uh, that, that uh, the whole team worked with these clients. And the first one is a veteran, a, a Navy veteran who was separating from the military up at Whidbey Island. He's going to stay at Whidbey Island and open a boba tea uh, company. He's get, I think he's trying to launch in June, but he participated. He won the Audience Favorite Award last year. Um, but it's a Boba Tunes. It's going to be a Boba Tea Company with a cartoon theme. And it's, I think, going to be a really exciting place that he's opening up. So it's, it's a food business. Uh, he won the audience favorite award. And then another one is uh, Oregon business owner. His name is Eric Farm. He uh, opened Farm Unlimited. And he started working with us in 2016. He's participated in Impact Pitch. And this last year, he won both early stage uh and business model award. There's the awards we have through the competition. We'll talk more as we get through it. Uh, but they're going to allow him he, in his forestry consulting business uh, to continue supporting his staff and to uh, provide other meaningful employment opportunities, which we know is so key right now. And so that happened uh, last October uh, was when that event took place. And so hopefully we'll see him again in some fashion at our upcoming uh, competition, although he'll be limited because he won the the big award at the end. And I was really proud this year. Uh, the last year, Henry was the lead on that and co-lead with one of my team members who's now leading this year. And I'm really proud that we had a, a, a sufficient number, I won't say sufficient, a better number of veteran participants than we've had in the past. 
Uh, and for all of you listening out there, when you learn about it, I'd like to have a lot more of you in this coming year uh, competition as well. And so those are those are the two I like to highlight just because of their success in the competition last year. Yeah, and I can highlight one one business I so I just saw uh, a short SBA feature on LinkedIn the other day about a Filipino bakery cafe in Seattle, uh, Hood Famous, it, which an article just summarized part of their growth from a SBA financing standpoint. So basically, years ago, I think in twenty sometime between 2013 to 2015 or so we they business invite northwest gave a loan to them to help renovate their first location and then more recently a few years ago they got a bigger loan from business impact northwest partnering with craft three another cdfi to open a second cafe bake shop location so and they were also part of a recent food finance boot camp that we hosted in the food business resource center that was for established food and farm businesses that are trying to grow into regional or national brands or going into multiple locations. So so it's really great to see because when you're in that near term day to day type coaching with clients, sometimes you don't it, you don't you forget to step back and just take a look at that longer term picture and look at how that what that growth story looks like. So it's, it was great to see that article because it really highlights that, you know, a lot of these relationships that we're talking about, they're hopefully multiple years long, you know, and throughout really throughout the life cycle of your business, we want to be, be able to support in some way. Yeah. And I'm curious right now too, is um, are you, if you guys have a focus on anything with like, I know here in Spokane, we have a big problem with labor shortage right now. Um, anything kind of coming down the pipeline for helping out entrepreneurs or business owners, maybe with that? issue that's going on right now? I, I, I will say on the labor, so, so we do have some uh, some grants with like Washington Labor and Industries and the Seattle Office of Labor Standards where we do uh, outreach and education on just understanding the labor standards. And then as far as our our one-on-one -on -one business coaching, that's where I think we can really dive into talking through strategy with business owners on, you know, how can we find people or what are some ideas for getting our staff ramped back up. So I think being a sounding board and helping figure out some, hopefully maybe some creative solutions to to uh, to getting that, that labor back. I've seen some some crazy things out there, like people giving out cars and <laughs> and stuff like that for, or giving free food for a second interview. So, but, but yeah, I think our one-on-one -on -one coaching is kind of where, where we, we want to be to just really support people in thinking about you know, how do, what do we do to address that? Oh, that's great. So jumping back um, to the competition that you guys have going on, it's called the Impact Pitch Competition. So um, tell us about the competition, um, who can apply, uh, kind of who were with some winners in the past. I know that you touched on a couple there, but um, yeah, just tell us about everything that's going on with that. You want to take the first, you want to tell about the competition, Henry, and then I can maybe jump in with some examples of, of some yeah. past winners. All right. Yeah. So our impact pitch competition. So we, uh, so applications are open now and they'll be open until June 14th, I believe. And basically it's a, a about a six month process. So going through various uh, application rounds into our live, live event in I should check. I need to check the date on that. So maybe Steve, you can check the date while I'm talking. But basically, like the 
impact pitch competition. It's really a competition for either idea stage, early stage startup, or established businesses to to go through a competition and win some prize money at the end. And uh, our whole idea with the pitch competition is, it, yes, it's a competition, but we really think about it as, you know, just doing working on the things that you sh- any business should be working on in general. So if you apply and you only make it to through the first or second round, we don't want that to feel like you've wasted your time. It's really like your every round is working on things that you should be working on for your business anyways. So like the first few rounds are just your business model canvas and answering questions about your business strategy. Then we dive into your financial projections and understanding your marketing and, and financials. And then we get into kind of the pitch pieces where you're creating marketing videos and working on a pitch presentation. So the idea is it's really the whole process is really, you know, how do you how do you build a business from or grow a business? And we want that whole process to be working on things that you should be working on anyways, but the prize money is just some added incentive to to work on those things. So, and then this year, what, what we changed last year and will continue this year was we tried to, rather than having all the money go out at the live competition as grand prizes, our thought because of the pandemic and knowing that so many small businesses were struggling, we wanted to distribute as much prize money as possible to as many businesses as possible. So one of the changes we made was we had a lot more intermediate prizes. So even after the first round, you have an opportunity to win some uh, $500 grants that you can just use for either continuing the competition or just for whatever your business might need. And so we have a couple of stages where we're giving out prize money kind of in, in during the process. So that way, so really that you, you, you can you can have even just applying you have a good chance of potentially getting some prize money so so we want to make it a worthwhile process and and it's really great the, the businesses that we see make it through so and all all along the way we that we really give support from our business coaches and we have webinars and orientation videos that really guide you through each of the components of the competition so, so it's really, really just a celebration of our whole technical assistance support and, and the tools and resources that are available for any business owner to, to ultimately be success, successful. And right, so it's, Go ahead, sorry. Right. And so as far as like the registration process, is it like a really extensive like registration or no? Uh, okay. No, so the actual, so the first round or the round 1A, which is basically the application, is just answering a couple of questions on about your business. So it's basically what makes your business unique and special, and then what what is your community impact? So so it's really those first two questions are kind of the application. And then as you progress through the next rounds, it, you'll answer more and provide more information on your business. And then at, at each stage, we'll we'll cut down the number of applicants until we get to our final eight to 10 businesses. Okay, wow. And you kept saying um, some prize money. <laughs> what <laughs> what dollar amounts are we talking about here? <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so every year we give away $30,000 in total to small businesses. So this year our grand prizes will have three grand prizes of $5,000 each, 
one for an established business, one for an early stage business, and then one for an idea slash startup business. And then we'll also have a $1,000 audience favorite video award. Uh, for all our eight to 10 finalists, they'll automatically get $800 each as a finalist grant. And then after round one, we'll actually have, uh, I believe, 14 uh, community impact awards of $550 each. And those will go to uh, certain mission categories that, that we've identified. Awesome. Yeah, the, the mission awards, we added one this year and uh, it's military spouse. And so we have, I think, eight mission award categories and I'll just write them off for you. Women owned, BIPOC, immigrant, refugee, LGBTQ plus, veteran, military spouses and rural owned businesses. So hello over there in Spokane. I think you're, you know, wherever you're listening, if you're in a rural area and you're in our region, you can apply for impact pitch, which is really cool. So uh, military connected folks from Alaska, Oregon, Idaho, and Washington state can all apply um, for the competition. Um, the competition applications closed June 14th. So time is kind of starting to tick down for that. But it's really exciting. It's great. The very first year we did this, um, we did it down in Tacoma. We had the minimal amount of participation, but it was a wonderful event. We had two uh, better-known businesses. One was Steady Flow Growler House. Y'all may be familiar with that business over there in Spokane. Uh, it was formed by a husband and wife, Air Force. Uh, they separated from the Air Force. They started that business. Um, they were just real go-getters. I believe they sold the business out to another veteran. Uh, but they were one of the winners of the mission award the very first year. Um, we've had other businesses participate. Uh, Life Butter, which is an almond butter company, was in that first year. Um, last year, I mentioned Eric Farm and Farm Unlimited. Um, a non-veteran that participated, Recipe 33, was another company about almonds and different flavors of almonds. We, as the business coaches on the tech TA side, we get to review all of these, and we get to see so many exciting things. Last year, I worked with uh, with one through the process, and they were uh, sheep farming. They were doing some sheep stuff with some great training things up in uh, northeastern corner of the state. Um, and then uh, another company was doing some uh, these things you could buy. I can't even really describe it well, and I should be able to because I worked with them. It was amazing. Basically, you could grow your farm in your garage with this technology that they'd come up with with apps and everything. And there's always so many wonderful ones. Um, unfortunately, that one didn't get to the finals, but they, they did a really good job. And the nice thing is Henry, Henry said, as they're doing the things for the competition, it's stuff you should be doing as a business owner. Anyhow, paying attention to that cash flow and, and your financials, looking at your market research, seeing what, you know, is it, is it good? Is your business sustainable the way you think it is going forward? Um, are you reaching out? Are you marketing correctly? Um, and then, you know, putting together that marketing video is a lot of fun for, for folks, too. Um, you know, the way, as we all know, iPhones now, you don't have to have a video production company to make an amazing marketing video for your business. Uh, so there's really some good stuff, exciting, and I hope to see a lot of veterans, like I said, of military spouses this year in the competition. And October 7th is going to be the, the event this year. So it'll be a 5.30 event start, the, all the actual event starting at six and this year is going to be a live hybrid event so we'll see where we are as far as the opening stages but maybe 
may or may not have an audience, but we'll make the pitches live this year in front of judges. So, so the contestants will get that experience again, of at least pitching in front of the judges in person. Oh, awesome. That's, that sounds great. <laughs> and I know that, um, that our listeners can actually go to the website and they can actually watch um, some of the last year's top 10 finalists, their actual marketing videos. So that's pretty cool. Um, all right. So what a great opportunity for entrepreneurs. And so how can they go ahead and where do they go to get registered and look more into it? Just go there and then you screen through the site, depending on which uh, particular center you're looking for. Uh, you can uh, click to apply. Uh, there's the FBRC, as we know, the WDC and the VBOT. And worst case, you sign up for the wrong center. We have an amazing admin team that'll know that. And what they'll do is they're gonna, they'll say, okay, we'll move you over to the right center and you're gonna get an email that says, here's your business coach's name. Here's their uh, email address. Here's their link to their calendar. So go ahead and get us an appointment scheduled. And so we try to get people in in the least uh, burdensome way possible. You go in, you fill out a little bit of information so we get an idea what you're doing for your business. And then from there, getting you connected with that coach as soon as possible so you can start working on your business and not waiting for somebody to send you an email. It's, it's an easy process. Yeah, and we, in case anyone gets stuck, we also have in the contact us form, we do have a general email that anyone can email as well. And then our fabulous admin, te admin team that Steve mentioned will make sure you get, they get to the right place, get signed up correctly. So, and really any, anyone that contact the business in fact Northwest, if you will be able to get them, guide them in the right direction. So. Great. Well, listeners, you, there you have it. If you got an idea, big or small, go ahead and head over to businessimpactnw.org and check out that competition, the Impact Pitch 2021 competition. And also, it was just if you're an entrepreneur, it sounds like you guys just have tons of resources and tons of classes, and you guys are definitely someone that they need to get in contact with for all things business from stage one to stage 10 to stage 100. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for taking thank the time you. to talk to us today. Um, is there anything that we did not cover that you want to make sure we get into this podcast? I think the one thing to point out, we may have covered it at some point and I maybe I faded out for a second. I don't know, but I want to make sure that folks know that um, our services are, are free. The only thing that you know, we do have a couple of trainings that do cost some funding. We've got some, like we have drop-in hours with an accountant. Uh, basically at the end of the day, you're paying $20 to get an hour of time with a with an accountant to have, give you information. So we have a couple things uh, worth every penny. <laughs> In my opinion, of course, I'm biased, but uh, an example I use is through our Women's Business Center. We have Launch and Grow and Grow and Thrive, amazing programs. Uh, places to connect with fellow business owners is not not just learning but connections as well and so uh, great tools and resources and the only other thing I'll say is if you come to us and ask us a question we don't know the answer we're probably gonna be able to guide you to find the answer and we pride ourselves in not feeding people misinformation we're not afraid to say I don't know and get get the right answer so sometimes we're just a funnel to get somebody to the right place and we're okay with that we're here to help you in the best way we can Awesome. Just connecting people and resources. That's 
So great. That's what we like to hear. So I kind of forgot to warn you guys at the beginning, but um, we always do a spitfire round at the end of our podcast, just so people can just kind of get to know you a little bit better. It's just fun, lighthearted. Um, I just ask you, I just have like a three kind of random questions for you guys. Are you, are you down? We'll try. I'm in. How risque is this? Whoever wants to shout it out first, <laughs> go for it. All right. So what is a food that you can't live without? I'll jump in. I'm going to say anything pasta based. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. That's my weakness. Pasta based. Yeah. I'll say Brussels sprouts, which is a surprise for most people. But if you, if you make it the right way, you know, you caramelize it. You can, you can add bacon, which is never a bad thing. But I was going to say bacon wrapped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sprouts, that's up there for me, too. Pick one out, Dwayne. All right. I'm going to go with this one just because this seems to the debate everywhere. Toilet paper, over or under? <laughs> over. Over, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, this one you might have to think a little bit, but if you could meet anyone dead or alive, who would you choose? Oh, wow. Who would I? There's so many. Hmm. Actually, I'm going to throw out Michelle Obama just because she is. she's had so many fascinating things that she's done and just the way that you know she's done things i know it's political and i apologize but it's just take the political out of it just the different things she's done and one example i use it kind of ties in is the garden she did the garden at the white house and that's just some of the some of the cool things in my mind that, that she did as the first lady and a spouse of a senator and all the fun things so i think she's she's got something going on that i'd like to just figure out what is it yeah. <laughs> out with it for a little bit yeah great answer I'm going to say Melinda Gates. Uh, <laughs> I know, I know some, she's probably busy, busy right now, but I know it's just uh, <laughs> out of philanthropy. It's just uh, all the things they're involved in and that kind of uh, the amount of impact that you, they can have through the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. I just really love to pick her brain on you know, how to change the world. <laughs> yeah, also a great answer. Okay, and then last random question for both of you, which we always kind of ask, is Beatles or the Rolling Stones? I'd have to. I'm a Rolling Stones person. So, Woohoo! Uh, that's hey. a hard. That's a hard one for me. It has to be the mood, right? But I think if I had to absolutely pick, I'd probably pick the Beatles. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Well, you guys are so great today. Thank you so much for being on here. And to all of our listeners, make sure you head over to businessimpactnw.org. Sign up for that pitch 20 impact pitch competition and then just get in there and utilize all of these great resources and get connected to these guys because they can help you out. So thanks so much for being here, you guys. Thanks, Hillary. Thanks, Dwayne. Yeah, thank you for having us. Absolutely. Our pleasure. Rocks to Roots is sponsored by the Office of Farmland Preservation. Office of Farmland Preservation is a program within the Washington State Conservation Commission that works to address the rapid loss of working farm and forest lands in our state. Together, the Washington State Conservation Commission and conservation districts provide voluntary, incentive-based programs that empower private landowners to implement conservation on their property. 
You can learn more about their programs and services by visiting their website, scc.wa.gov.